This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. Do you have a cross that you wear? You know it's not uncommon to see people wearing crosses. Uh, my wife has one that she wears as a necklace, and she really loves that because of someone gave that to her, but what it stands for. I, 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 you see them on people's walls in their homes. They display a cross. Uh, I think all of that's good. But, but have we ever stopped and think about that cross and really take a good look at it? I want us to talk about that today, looking at the cross of Jesus. My name is Billy Lambert, and I want to welcome you to Getting to Know Your Bible. And we appreciate those of you that are watching today, possibly for the very first time. We want you to continue uh, watching this telecast today. Now today on Getting to Know Your Bible, we're offering a free Bible correspondence course. And we want you to have it. It's free. It's free, and we want you to, uh, to be ready to, to find out how you can receive this course, that you might know more about the course, and that you may know how to receive the course. We're going to take a brief pause. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580. Or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. In 1 Corinthians, the first chapter, verses 17 and 18, the Apostle Paul wrote, For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. Paul is talking about the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. The death of the incarnate Son of God upon a Roman cross marks a central point in the history of mankind. When Jesus cried and said, It is finished, that marked the completion of a long series of events that had taken place according to the divine guidance of God. The death of Jesus Christ was no accident. He did not die, as some allege, the death of a martyr. But Jesus' death was according to the plan of God. In the book of Revelation, chapter 13 and verse 8, Jesus is called the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. 
in the second chapter of Acts and in verse 23, to Peter on the day of Pentecost said to those who had seen Jesus die and some of whom called for His death, He said to them that according to the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, they had taken Jesus and they had crucified Him and, and He was slain upon that cross. The death of Jesus was according to the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God. It was in His plan. For example, in the third chapter of Ephesians, verses 10 and 11, to the intent now that under the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be made known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. Listen to it now. According to the eternal purpose which He purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. There's never been a time in eternity that God did not have in mind the bringing of Jesus into this world for the salvation of the whole human family. The death of Jesus Christ actually is the focal point in connection with the gospel of Christ. Paul, in writing about the gospel in 1 Corinthians 15, said in verse number 3 that Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture. See, that's a part of the gospel. The death of Jesus Christ on that cross. And the death of Jesus was the complete, completeness of God's intentions towards sinful man. In the book of Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4, the apostle penned that when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son made of a woman, made under the law, to, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. You see, when the time was right, in God's own time, He sent Jesus Christ into this world. And Jesus Christ came into the world to be the Lamb that would take away sins of man. For example, in John 1, 29, John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And Jesus died for the world, for all mankind. Oh, that we could get the message of Jesus to the whole world today. I wish it were possible for us to let every man, every woman, every boy, and every girl upon this planet to know that Jesus loved him enough that he came into this world to die for their sins. Jesus Christ the Lamb slain. In 1 John 4, 14, Jesus is there referred to as the Savior of the world. And indeed, he is the Savior of the world. In John 3, 16, we're told, For God so loved the world, that He gave His only begotten Son. See, He's the Lamb of God that was slain for the salvation of the whole human family. Jesus did not just die for people in the Western Hemisphere, no. Jesus died for people all over the world. He died for those who may not like Him. He died for those who may blaspheme His name. He died for those who may reject Him. But Jesus died for you. And He died for me. I wish there was a way that, that I could convince all people how great Jesus is. Don't you?
Don't, don't you really be, wish that you had that ability to convince people that Jesus is so wonderful? But what I'd like for us to do today is just to take a look at that cross. You know, in the 27th chapter of Matthew, we read the, uh, Matthew's account of Jesus' crucifixion. And there's a passage in that chapter that I think sometimes is overlooked. And verse 36 reads like this, And, and sitting down, they watched him there. And sitting down, they watched him there. Get the scene. Jesus is on that cross. Dying. And there's people that are sitting at the foot of the cross looking at him. Have you ever wondered what they saw? when they looked at Jesus on that cross? Did they see Jesus as a fraud, as a fake? Did they see Jesus as a Savior? What did they see? We don't know what they saw. And I don't know what you see when you look at the cross, but let me share with you what I see when I look at the cross of Jesus. I see why He died. I see why he had to die on that cross. And there are several reasons that we want to, to, to explore here. And one of those reasons is that Jesus died to blot out the handwriting of ordinances that were against us. Colossians 2.14 says, Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances which was against us, taking it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. Jesus lived during that period of time when the law of Moses was still in effect so far as the Jewish nation was concerned. But Colossians 2.14 teaches that when He died on that cross, He abrogated that law. And then Jesus died to seal the New Testament. In Matthew chapter 26, in verse 28, Jesus there said, This is my blood of the New Testament, which was shed for many for the remission of sin. You see, when He shed His blood, Jesus seals that New Testament, or the Gospel. We refer to it as the Gospel, or the New Testament of Jesus Christ, or the Law of Christ. But it was in effect when Jesus died. In the book of Hebrews, Chapter 9, verse 15 and following, we learn that for this cause He is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first covenant, that they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Now listen now, listen carefully. For where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of a testator. For a testament is a force after men are dead. Otherwise, it is no strength at all while the testator liveth. Someone says, well, what does all of those verses mean? They just simply mean that when Jesus gave us His last will and testament, He put the conditions of salvation in that testament, but it did not go into effect until He died on that cross. Perhaps many of you have already made out your last will. And you have certain conditions in that will. Things that you want to leave to certain people or certain things or certain organizations. 
But none of that will happen until the death of the person who's made that will. That's the way it is with the will of Jesus. And today we live in that, uh, under that last will and testament of Christ that was made possible by His death on that cross. So today we have the, what we call the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ that Jesus gave us by dying on that cross. But Jesus also died to redeem us from sin. Ephesians 1 verse 7 says, In whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. You know, David said, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And there's a song we often sing. It says, Redeemed, redeemed, how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And we've been redeemed from our sins by Jesus' death on that cross. You see, there are lots of reasons Jesus died. Another reason He died was to purchase the church. Paul was addressing the elders of the church in Ephesus in the 20th chapter of Acts. And this was his last speech to them, the last time he would see them. And I can't imagine the emotion in Paul's mind and in his heart as he was addressing these men. And in verse number 28, he said, Take heed unto yourselves. That is, the overseers of the church were to do that. Take heed to yourselves and all the flock over to which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to feed, that is to tend, the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. Church is blood-bought, spirit-filled, and heaven-bound. Jesus died to purchase the church, to make it a reality. And today, when we obey that gospel that he gave us, by believing in Jesus and repenting of our sins, confessing our faith in Him and being baptized into Christ, we're added to that body that Jesus purchased with His blood. And one of these days we live that dedicated Christian life, heaven will be our eternal home. Why did Jesus die? When I look at the cross, I see those reasons. But when I look at the cross of Jesus Christ, I'm reminded of some of the specific sins of others that put him there. And one of those sins was a lack of knowledge or ignorance. In Acts 3.17 they said, We know that out of ignorance you did it. He's even also did your rulers. They, they, they were ignorant of Jesus. They could have known who he was. They could have known who Jesus was because of his teaching. He spake as no other man had ever been able to speak. They could have known who Jesus was because of his, the life that he lived. He, he, he lived a perfect life and no one had ever been able to do that. You see, they could have known. They could have known because of the prophecies that had been made about him. As a matter of fact, in John 5, 39, Jesus had searched the scriptures. For in them you think you have life, and they are they which testify of me, but you would not come unto me that you might have life. You see, they had the Scriptures, and they were searching the Scriptures, and the Scriptures and the prophecies pointed to Jesus. But they neglected to understand that Jesus was the fulfillment of those prophecies. They willfully neglected that. Jesus was crucified out of envy. 
It is said in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 27, he knew that for envy that delivered him up. Envy. Envious of his life. Envious of his influence. Envious of the power that he had to, to heal and to cause the lame to walk and the, the blind to see and the deaf to hear. They were envious of Jesus. And because of envy, they killed him. Jesus was crucified out of cowardice. You know, Pilate. Pilate knew Jesus had done nothing wrong. He knew Jesus was an innocent man. But Pilate was a moral weakling. He was a coward. And because of his cowardice, he turned Jesus over to the people to be crucified. Jesus was crucified because of the love of money. There was Judas, one of his own inner circle, who for the price of a common slave, 30 pieces of silver, betrayed Jesus into the hands of his enemies. Oh, you say those are terrible, terrible things those people did to crucify Jesus. But friends, those same, same things are with us today. People are still selling their souls for the love of money. People still don't have the courage to stand for Jesus. And there's still envy in our world. The same, same sins that crucified Jesus are still in our world right now. But when I see that cross, I see the clearest exhibition of God's hatred for sin. We live in a world filled with sin and sinners. But, but you know, there's nobody that knows that any more than God. And there's no one who's done any more about it than God. And God gave His Son. You know, there have been some dark days in the history of this old world. If I were to ask you to go to the Bible and to find the blackest, darkest picture of sin you could possibly find, what story in the Bible would you go to? Uh, you say, well, Brother Lambert, I'd probably go back to the Old Testament and that woman Jezebel, and she wasn't a good woman. No, she wasn't a good woman. But is that the darkest picture? So I'd go to Judas, the, the man that, that betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. That, that was a terrible thing Judas did. But the darkest picture of sin is the picture of Jesus hanging on that cross with the weight, guilt, and the burden of the sins of humanity upon His heart and on His shoulders dying for the sins that we committed, that the world committed. He died for sin. Paul in 2 Corinthians 5, 21 said he made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. He became the sin substitute, the sin sacrifice, even though Jesus had not sinned. He died for our sins. That's pretty humbling, isn't it?
Think about it. You know, some people say, if, what would happen if Jesus came back into the world today? You ever thought about that? Suppose he came back into the world today. How would people treat Jesus today? You say, well, I think, Brother Lambert, if Jesus came back into the world today, he'd get a better reception than he did when he came into the world the first time. I really don't think so. The, the, the fact is, Jesus is treated no better today than he was treated in his days that he walked upon this earth. Truthfully, He comes to us every day, doesn't He? Jesus comes to us every day in the form of human needs. Think about people that are hungry. I see people get all excited about fixing a meal for people at times like Christmas and Thanksgiving, and I applaud that. But you know, people get hungry other days during the week and during the year too. There are human needs that come to us every day, but sometimes we just pass them by as though they don't exist. Jesus comes to us every day in the form of Bibles that we have that we're not reading. He comes to us in the form of prayers that go unprayed. The fact is, he's not treated any better today than he was 2,000 years ago. Don't let me tell you how God really feels about sin. And I can only tell you because of what the Scripture says about God and sin. God had such a disdain for sin that it took his precious son, Jesus, to pay the price for it. It took Jesus to die for the sins of the world. And my sins and your sins, I, I don't deserve what He did for me. It's all because of God's grace. None of us deserve it. But when I see that cross, I see the great love of a great God. Now that's the good news. I don't know about you, I'm tired of bad news, aren't you? And the good news is that, that when I look at that cross, it tells me that somebody loves me. Some of you right now may be living alone and you feel as though the world's passing you by. You ever felt that way? So, so maybe some young people are watching right now and you say, I... I just feel so left out and nobody really cares anything about me anymore. Nobody is concerned about me. I, 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 maybe you're bullied and nobody, you feel like nobody loves you. But let me tell you, there's one that loves you enough that is willing to die on a cross for you. That's how much he loves you. Oh, Jesus cares. I know He cares, and I know He cares for you. You see, Jesus Christ died because of the great love of a mighty God. God commends His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died 
for us, being much more than justified by His blood, we're saved from wrath through Him, Romans 5, 8 and 9. Yes, God loves every one of you. And He loves you enough that Jesus died, but we need to love in return. And Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And one of His commandments is that we believe in Him. In John 8, 24, Jesus said, except you believe that I am He, you shall die in your sins. And one of the things that Jesus tells us that we must do is to be willing to repent of our sins. I tell you, neighbor, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. And, and repentance it requires a change of attitude, a change of heart for the better. I ought to be willing to tell other people I believe in Jesus Christ. Jesus said, Whosoever shall confess me before men, him will I confess before my Father which is in heaven. And as a penitent, confessing believer in Jesus, the Bible teaches that we're to be baptized into Christ. Our Lord said in Mark 16 and verse 16, He that believeth one, and he is baptized, number two, shall be saved, number three. God loves you. Repay that love. One of the tragedies of life is unrequited love. Oh, how we need to love Jesus because He first loved us. I want to thank you for watching Getting to Know Your Bible today. And we want you to uh, accept this personal invitation to visit the Church of Christ in your community. And we want you to also pick up the telephone right now and call for the free Bible Correspondence Course. It's free. Now, if you prefer, you can take it online. But it's the same course. And so please avail yourself of the opportunity to study God's Word in this fashion. The name of this telecast is Getting to Know Your Bible. It is our goal that you get to know the Word of God better. I want to thank you for watching today, and I want to thank you for tuning in and tell someone else about the telecast. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you is my prayer. We want to help you as much as possible in your search for a personal relationship with God. You can now easily access our free Bible correspondence course online at gettingtoknowyourbible.com. If there's any way we can help you grow closer to God, please email us at gettingtoknowyourbible at yahoo.com or call us anytime at 1-877-711-5214. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580.
or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.